Welcome to the NLPCourses.com show, where we push past the hype and pull back the velvet curtains of creating a successful life with NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. Diving into physiology, neuroscience and linguistic programming so that NLP becomes a practical tool at home and in your career. Moving beyond the techniques so that you can make a name, make money or make a real difference to people's lives. Tune in weekly if you care more than others. Think wisely as we set out on our quest to uncover the secrets of successful people from all walks of life. Make sure you head over to nlpcourses.com to subscribe and receive our free newsletter and other goodies. Here is your host, NLP Master Trainer, John Cassidy Rice. Hello, my name is John Cassidy Rice. I have the pleasure to be your host for this week's podcast. And one of the amazing things about running a podcast is that you get to interview incredible people. And uh, recently, that's happened a lot. And social media is wonderful connecting to people and the world is connected in many different ways and so connected to a guy called Stephen and he's done some amazing things um he started life off as a computer scientist he's then moved into camera uh, started making movies he's made an award-winning movie called and let me see if I get this a cosmic scenery is that oh no it's the miracle of life force Yes, so Miracle of Life Force, and he's won awards for it, um, special mentions in India, which is significant because it's about Kundalini and healing and energy. So, hi, Stephen, how are you doing? Hi, John, thanks for inviting me into your podcast. Uh, thank you, I'm doing very well. Excellent, excellent. Fascinating, you sent me a copy of the um, movie, and it absolutely fascinated me, and I think, am I right in thinking that this started off with a Kundalini experience for you? Yeah, it's a good question because this is the point for me where all the big changes in my life started. Um, I think if you sit uh, out there and listen to this podcast, you might have the same questions to life than I had from being a teenager till 20, 30 years. And these questions were, you know, I was raised Catholic. And they always talked about belief. You have to believe. Yes. And if you are taught to believe, there is always a doubt. And I thought there must be something better than believing. And, of course, it's experiencing. Wow. And so I went into Indian teachings, and they told me, you have to practice this and that, and one day your Kundalini will get awakened. And I practiced uh, Kriya Yoga along to the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda, and I did that three hours a day, eight years. Wow. Before we move too far, what, if somebody hasn't heard of Kundalini, what, what would it, how would you summarize it? Yeah, Kundalini is life force which is awakened in your body, and it gets its own dynamic. It's like life force connected with consciousness. So it never stops. If you are, let's say we are, we live in a, a time of a strange virus. <laughs> 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 and most of the people make a lot of panic. And, uh, but I know my body, when I encounter a strange virus, 
he just keeps doing what is necessary to win. Right. On a very high level. Or if I give a talk, most time when I give a talk, I notice my Kundalini awakes more. Like it's heating up my body. It's giving me all the energy which is necessary to, to do the task which is there to be done. So it's, it's like somebody in my body taking care for me in every situation of my life. And there is a point where life force switches to the state of Kundalini. And if you reach that point, you have never to do anything again to raise your life force. Wow, that sounds amazing. It, it is amazing and it was really life-changing for me. Right. I was, oh, so let's uh, go back to your story, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was a guy um, looking for that kind of experience. And the second part was I was a guy looking for a state of health where nothing can happen anymore. Because before my Kundalini was awakened, I got six to eight weeks a year um, high fever, headache, uh, different, different symptoms. And, um, so after eight years of practicing that Indian techniques, I stopped because I thought I didn't get a real experience. And then I met a German healer and I, uh, recorded him his work for two years and I saw very strange things happening like uh, flittering of the uh, eyelids oh, yes. and uh, movements of their body strange positions which I thought I can never do, do that position <laughs> and but they came back half a year later and they were more shining than ever before and half a year later they were more shining than ever before. And I thought there must be something which I'm looking for and I didn't get yet. And then I decided to make a seminar with this healer. And on the very first day of the very first seminar, he awakened my Kundalini. And that was a completely change in my life. And I want to go back to the connection Kundalini and life force. Many people think about life force. Life force is a force which keeps you healthy, but it's much more. It's much more than a self-healing ability. Life force is like the fuel in the tank of your car. If you have a lot, you have a lot more re reach. You can travel to greater distances. So it also influences your success in life. It influences you, the depth of your feelings how you can differentiate your feelings so it's it's going in all parts of your life and makes a constructive change and it's like an automatism many people think i have to practice this every day but if you look at their schedule there's no space for additional no. practices <laughs> and after uh, that experience i we were asked um, after that experience, I started to to look around. Am I a single case? No, I was not. And that was the reason why I started to, to make a documentary, a cinema documentary. And yes. I said it's a cinema documentary to everybody on uh, who I met. And they thought, 
Stefan is getting crazy because he has <laughs> no idea how to make a cinema documentary. And I had no idea. <laughs> but <laughs> Love uh, it. We, worked, uh, we worked our way through doing that. And um, so the way to, to grow is always the way to, to go outside of your comfort zone. Yes. And that's what I did. And we found a, a young guy. He never had any kind of education, but he focused himself completely on editing that movie. And he made a great edit. Yes. So and um, so we published that movie in 2015. And then in cinema, people asked us, can you give us such an experience? And in the beginning, I said, no, my schedule is full and I have to promote that movie in cinema. And then my girlfriend said, what if I organize the seminars? And I said, okay, if you organize the seminars, we can do it. It was a silly thought. So we will, would organize all our seminars. Now we have organizers all over Germany and Austria. Ah, fabulous. <laughs> are doing the, the, the work for us. And then with this thought in mind, okay, let's do it. We went to the next uh, cinema and they again asked, how uh, can you give us that experience? And we said, yes, we would do a seminar. And then came another question from the audience. And they said, and what are you doing at that seminar? And I said, to be honest, I have no idea. <laughs> on this, on this evening, 11 people said, we want to take part on the <laughs> seminar. <laughs> that was a very funny experience. Yeah. And this was summer 2015. And since then we help other people to experience similar things. Each, each experience is different, you know. Um, I, I don't know whether you see a blue color the same way I, as I see the same blue color. No. The, the, well, there's um, the New York School of Art um, did a test where they had, they took the, they said to people, pick out the Coca-Cola red, so which is a very common red um, of, a, of a board of different colors. Everybody picked different colors. Yeah. Then so, they took the... <laughs> can put it in front of him and said pick that red from the coca-cola can and still everybody picked different colors different mm -hmm. shades of red so yeah you're absolutely <laughs> right yeah each each experience is is a bit different but if i try to explain what happens in the kundalini experience and i know that most people haven't had that kind of experience no so I'm trying to tell you the taste of a fruit which you never tasted. <laughs> right. Well, what, what happened for you when you went through the Kundalini experience? What, what happened? So the first thing was that I experienced my consciousness, uh, expanded my consciousness. So, and what, what happens first when you expand your consciousness is that you feel your own soul. And that, for me, it was heart touching it was uh, like uh, there was so much light and it was so big it was so much bigger than i thought i i if i say i is the soul <laughs> i am and uh, i a lot of tears came came out and uh, my, my face was completely wet from tears right and what i also had I felt some some stuff in my in my past in my past lives. 
And you know, the Indians have analyzed the way of the Kundalini experience very, very well. And there in the, in the stomach area, it's about how you can bring things, projects and so on in, into life. And that uh, was in my very first Kundalini session was what, wor what worked very intense. So my muscles were, were always contracting and detracting. Right. And I was lying on the floor. So my muscles were, were moving my upper part of my body, uh, like, uh, up and down, up and down, up and down. Oh, like sit ups. Like, like sit ups. Yes. And after a while, you are always aware while that is happening. And after a while, I thought, I'm done. My, my muscles are done. <laughs> I cannot go on, but it went on and on and on. <laughs> so, uh, Today, I know in this one single session, my ability to bring projects and ideas into life raised, raised maybe 500%. Wow. Because that was one of the blockages in my life. For other people, it can be different. Like, let's say they, they open their heart. It looks like you go back with your, with your arms, you, you stretch your, your, uh, spine very much and, and bend it down at the other part. So what happens there is this person will for the rest of his life experience all his or her emotions much deeper and much more in detail. And that's very important for any kind of relationships, but also for any kind of psychosomatic uh, diseases. Because if you, exp uh, if your feelings are much more in detail and much more clear, you notice much earlier what's not fitting. And you can change it much earlier before you get any kind of strange psychosomatic diseases. So for every person, the Kundalini works its own way, its own order of work, its own experiences, but I have never seen an experience, at least the way we do it, um, where there was a danger for people. There are techniques in India um, which force it very much, this, this uh, force to awake. And then what happens first, as I just said, you, you feel your soul, you see your soul. And if you, in your soul are very harmful experience, maybe you were the, the pe people, the person, um, having that experience, or you were the person giving another person that experience. It can be too much. If you make it too quickly, too, too early, it can happen that people end up in psychiatry. Wow. So it's a powerful force by sounds of it. Um, very, because my understanding initially was it was a very spiritual. Yeah. And, um, but yet it, it is that, and it sounds like a very practical and a natural process, but the forcing is not to be done, but if you allow it to naturally evolve. Yeah. So it's a, 
all what you said is right. It's a very spiritual force, but it's an amazing, powerful force. You saw that holy man sitting 14 years in a cave in my movie with a lot yes. of hairs on his head. <laughs> so he said it's lovely, more... Just, just very quick, a lovely imagery in the uh, movie. There was uh, so great, and it sort of told a, a very, an, uh, an unfolding story of the uh, energy force. So I <laughs> really enjoyed that movie. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, and this man, he said, it's more powerful than the sun, this force. Right. So it's, it's, I don't experience it so powerful, but it's amazingly powerful. And I just want to talk about the two ways of awakening a Kundalini. Yes, please. The Indians, the Indians make it more from their personalities. They, they, um, use techniques they sometimes they just let fall themselves at the back of of their spine which is very dangerous mm. uh, um or some kind of kundalini meditations and uh, this was the only uh people which i met in cinema where a lot of them said i practiced that and i had a kundalini experience and i suffered for decades Yes, I have oh. heard of cases uh, watching some YouTube videos where people have said that they've really suffered from using intense techniques. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that's as I said, there might be a danger. It's not for everybody dangerous. No, no. it depends on the uh, on the light in your soul. Right. So, what's so, the second way? The second way is a Christian way. So we start helping people purifying their soul. So how do we do that? At first, we help them to expand their consciousness. We use special breathing techniques and prayer and um, also uh, work with their body and uh, sometimes work uh, in uh, visualization. And then they expand their consciousness. And it's like you lift your consciousness to a level close to a holy person. Of course, no, you are not a holy person for the rest of your life. But in this state of consciousness, you are a little bit thinking like a holy person. And then you feel your soul and maybe bad experiences. And in this high level of consciousness, you can get in peace with these experiences, which in Christian terms usually call forgiveness or forgiving, mm -hmm. um, much, much, much easier. It, uh, where you work, let's say, 20 years to forgive something, in one session it is gone. Wow. And that's what happens then. So I call this healing on soul level. And if you experience a healing on soul level, your life force will jump up automatically and it will stay on that higher level. You don't have to practice anything. It will stay for the rest of your life, except if you decide to become a criminal, of course, right. <laughs> it might go down. Yeah. And uh, so through this healing on soul level, you gain light in your soul and your, your life force jumps up. And there might a point when it's the right time that it jumps so much up that... Um, that it uh, becomes Kundalini. So wow. if en enough work is done, if enough light is in your soul, it, the soul decides now it's becoming Kundalini. It's not a decision from your 
personality. I want to have a Kundalini experience, but it's your soul. And your soul is wise enough to make it not too early. Right. So our teacher, Armin, which is in the movie, is now making seminars for 20 years. There was not a single person getting problems with that. We are doing seminars for five years now. There was not a single person getting problems for that. And that's an important point for me because if people would get problems, I couldn't sleep very well at night. No, no, no absolutely. <laughs> so if there's somebody here uh, listening in and thinking to themselves they would like to start to maybe ex- to experience some of this life force and they, maybe they can't get to a seminar. What are some simple things that they can do to start yeah. that process? Mm-hmm. I think if you are interested in the topic at all, the first step would be to watch the movie. Yes, so, I recommend that. Yeah. So you have a great overview. And at the moment, we are working at part two to make much more details, like what does healing really mean? Mm. And how can it be accomplished? And uh, there are seven ways to, for example, there are seven ways to open some sensors in your head, which makes it possible that you feel your soul, that you see your soul. One of that. Uh, seven pathways is the grace of God. That's the most simple and <laughs> helpful one. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, another way is uh, psychoactive substances, which I don't um, recommend. No. Another one is, like we say, magnetic healing, which is part of that what we are doing. And there are some more. So um, what I would recommend knowing that the speed of that is much slower than anything which I have experienced the last years is to find a few minutes of silence every day and just watch what comes up in your mind. What is what keeps your mind busy? These are the topics which are not in peace. Right. And I think we Christians have uh, a tool which is the most underestimated tool on the world because it's it changed from being a powerful tool to just repeating some words. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and it's it's prayer, the prayer of your heart. Um, Gandhi said, uh, prayer are not words. Prayer are the deep, deep yearning in your heart. So if you, if you notice this is something which I want to change and which I want to get in peace with, can you find that deep yearning in your heart to really get in peace with it? So, if you go in silence, if you just watch your thoughts, don't don't put force upon yourself to say, I have to be without thoughts. That's nearly impossible. Yes. <laughs> I think a lot of people <laughs> agree with you there. <laughs> just watch, just observe. And if things come up, you uh, so watching and observing, your consciousness already expands. You don't have to do anything to expand your consciousness. Just be silent. 
it's also there are words in the Bible like "Be silent, and you know I am there." Yes. And so, so if your consciousness expands, you are also at the same time lifting up your consciousness. And the more your consciousness is lifted, the more the divine level can help you. So, in that state of consciousness. A deep prayer, a deep prayer from your heart. It doesn't depend on the words. It can be only a feeling. It can be, it can be only, or also like, why don't you help me? If it's from from, from your heart, it's much more efficient. Like, than uh, holy style prayer, brave. <laughs> so. so, if I've understood you right, then so the prayer is more than just the words themselves. It's the uh, emotion of um, desire, bliss, healing that yeah. you bring to it. So it's it's the feeling side, not just yeah. the language. Is would, would that yeah, be the language is the language is for our head, right? But the the main point is what you feel, what you express, and that's also when I said before, we are helping people in seminar with our prayers means. We have to bring ourselves in a very high level of consciousness to to help other people to reach the same level. The higher my level is, the easier is it for you to get on the same level. That's the only reason why people may, uh, in former times or even today try to meet holy people. Yeah, so there seems to be yeah. a transference of energy there. So I... I I just finished reading the um, autobiography of a yogi. Yeah, uh, and and that's the story where he's he's basically meeting different masters and transferring that energy. And I, I often wondered about that. Mm -hmm. I I don't know whether energy is enough. It's a transfer of energy, definitely. Yes, but I think it's also something more. Okay, like like. Um, if you go to school, there's not much transfer of energy, but this transfer of consciousness. Your, your professor is in a higher level of consciousness in a special yes. topic and helps you go to the same level. And so, of course, it's not a school, but it's somehow similar if you meet a holy person. Right, right. And... I had the, you. You might have noticed that at the end of my movie, there's a old lady from Holland. Yes, <laughs> and there were only a few words about her because you can see nothing in between. She died. It was uh, three okay. years ago in two thousand. Or yeah, three years ago, uh, in the age of ninety-two. But this lady worked only on the level of the soul. So you met with her. And she was, she had a coffee, she had her spoon in the coffee and turned it around. And while she talked with you about the weather or something different, her soul was working with your soul. And you went back home and you thought, oh, I met a nice old lady. But then you noticed this stress is gone forever. This fear is gone. This business opportunity, which I ever try to to get forward, just opens up very easily, very smoothly. So that is that is when your soul changes. Your personality doesn't get anything. <laughs> it's 
it doesn't notice that something change, changed, but uh, your life is different. Yes. We, we tend to, we're, I think we're a time of history where several things are happening. One is that we've worshipped the consciousness of having to control everything with our minds. Um, and there seems to be a movement towards this more, um, I know the word energetic is probably not the right word, but more spiritual longing. Yeah. Have you observed that? Yeah, I have observed that, and I think it's it's really necessary in our world because to control everything with our minds, where does the the plan in our minds come from? From the media, from our parents, from our teachers, how we have to live our life. But if we go to what we are really are, if we, we go to the level of our soul, our soul has a plan for us. We call it a calling. And if you do your calling, you, you don't care about how much money you earn because deep within yourself, you know, it will be enough. Yes. Maybe not for all that luxury that some people hope they will someday get, but uh, for living a nice life, it will be enough. Mm. And we, we can all observe where the mind-focused behavior brought us to. We are destroying our environment. We, we have millions of people dying from starvation. Uh, so to behave in a human way was a little bit lost. Right. And if we get back to a spiritual uh, approach, I think we can make the world a better place very easily because uh, we we have never met. But if we if we look behind the surface of people, there are always souls behind it. Souls who who search for the same things on the same planet. They want love and they want to give love. <laughs> fabulous I, I think there's several levels of um learnings i've taken away from this session uh, one is um simply that the, the kundalini experience becomes very practical uh, and you've demonstrated that rather than just talked about it by uh, creating this cinema movie winning awards um, taking kundalini back into and being acknowledged into india as they mentioned i'm correct in thinking they they gave special mention to your movie uh, yeah, and that it's um, that it's that practicalness of the Kundalini, where it opens you up to be more of who you are, so that you can express your life force. Mm -hmm. right. Now, one of the steps we talked about is how to start to sort of um, build this uh, experience in ourselves and one was to watch the movie so if somebody wanted to be able to watch that movie how would they go about that Stephen? Uh, i didn't get that last it was a little bit problem with the sound oh, sorry uh, so if somebody wanted to be able to watch the movie yes where do they go to be able to do that ah we have a streaming website the streaming website is lifeforce-movie.com so lifeforce-movie.com Yes. Uh, so I'll put a link on our website, on my website to yours, so that people can find that. Uh, yeah. And if they wanted to find out more about what you do, Stephen, and maybe some of the um, seminars that you, you, you take part in and run, how would they go about doing that? 
Yeah, I have a website which is called uh, seminars.lifeforce-movie.com. Uh, but at the moment, uh, you are in the English-speaking market. We have only seminars in the German market. Right. But we would love to give a seminar in the UK. Right. Well, maybe we could work together on that. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I, I would be happy. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So, so if we watch watch this space, uh, we'll make, see if we can uh, bring bring a team over, get all the logistics done, and get the room and. Uh, and uh, see what happens. Yeah, I, I, would, I would love to do that. Since years I said to my girlfriend, well, we are not perfect in English, but we can, we can lead a seminar in English. It would not be perfect English, but it would be okay for the participants. <laughs> but and, like you say, uh, the language is, uh, is not a barrier because it's not necessarily about language. Yeah, it's not necessarily about language. That's so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but we have uh, given one seminar in Lithuania, and there we had a translator. <laughs> uh, <okay. Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you ever so much for taking the time to to share your experiences with us. It's very much appreciated. Thank you very much, John. Fabulous. So covered a lot in this session uh, do contact Stephen and I highly recommend watching the movie it's a great movie very inspiring and surprising in lots of ways uh, delightfully surprising I would say so what's wonderful about this podcast are the people we meet on there and the connections we make in around the world so if you know of anybody that would like to appear um, that's got a story to tell please do let me know and until next week I'll see you soon bye guys Thanks, <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the NLPcourses.com podcast show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes and make sure to head over to NLPcourses.com to subscribe to our newsletter. This will ensure you are kept fully up to date on the latest in-depth NLP topics of interest. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes on neuro-linguistic programming and beyond. <laughs>